All right, welcome to our ep- another episode of Ready, Set, Binge. I'm Jeremy, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Craig. Craig, how's it going? And Happy New Year to you. A happy New Year to you. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Happy New Year. Oh God. I'm sorry. I just looked at my uh, computer. Yes, yeah, the knife. Happy New Year. I am here. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm that glad was, to hear that. Yeah, I don't know why. So that was so terrifying to me for some reason. But yes, happy new year. I'm doing good. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, awesome to get back to it with our our you know breaking down season by season, King of the Hill. I really have been. In, people have said I've heard good things so far. So that's why I'm excited to hop back on with you. You know, we've had the holidays and everything going on, but it's good to hop back on and discuss this awesome show. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited. It's, uh, yeah, it feels like it's been a, a minute, but then also it's, uh, it feels like we were, I don't know, it's crazy. I didn't realize, how, what's the last, when's the last time we did this? It Probably about a month ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm glad to, I'm glad to, I'm glad to be forced to watch this show again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I, uh, before we jump in, I want to say, I did not tell you this off the air, but yesterday. No, wait, 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 can I predict what you're going to say? You better not say. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was like, if you, no, I'm like. Somebody made me an apple brown Betty or something, or like no. a Frito pie, and I was gonna be like, "Shut up!" Anyway, <laughs> you did no. not do that. That's not a real thing. Okay, no. What happened? What happened? Yesterday? Oh, that's coming. I'm, I have not forgotten, but that that is not what happened yesterday. Okay. But um, and I believe it'll be getting posted maybe at the end of this month or early next month. But Ben from TV Therapy Podcast, he he Ben's in the UK. Uh, I was a guest on his podcast, so I think it was, I've been a guest on a radio show back in, you know, years ago, but the first time I've been a guest on a podcast happened yesterday, and it was... Ooh, congratulations, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, it was very fun, and, you know, mentioned, you know, he wants to be a guest on uh, on our show, and I think that'd be awesome to have him on. Um, he's a big Frasier fan, just like... Oh, God. Ourselves, so it was cool <laughs> to talk that, but... You know, mentioned, he asked about, so you, you know, I mentioned that you and I are right now, you know, breaking down King of the Hill and trying to figure out what's next with this show and where we're going to go or what's, you know, but it was really cool to, um, to be a guest and talk to a fellow TV lover. And so I want to shout out to Ben and everyone listen to, uh, hi Ben. Yeah. (laughs) Ben out in the UK is really awesome. It was really, really good. Just, you know, conversation. It didn't like an interview. It was just a conversation. And yeah. uh, I like the the idea, you know, TV therapy. It was really cool. And, um, yeah, so give a listen to his podcast, TV therapy. And I'll yeah, also. Could you, could you tell me? Sorry, like, I don't really. Yeah, yeah. It's the, what's the. It's like TV. The, I get the name TV therapy. Is there any more you can say about it? Like, what's about the, the uh, episode itself, about the podcast? Itself. Oh, it's about his podcast. Yeah, just had a yeah, it's, yeah, it's more of he's had pretty much his, you know, people he knows, his friends come on and kind of have a in-depth discussion about the TV shows that, you know, whoever that guest is loves and why they love it and what they connect with and really the emotions and feelings that television, but especially, you know, those particular shows, what they, they bring out of you. 
Okay, yeah. I so. like I like that uh I like that. Right, it's a pretty good premise, right? I was like Yeah, that's a good premise. I was like I'm like I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things yeah that tv brings out of me. i might uh i <laughs> maybe we'll uh after the show you know i'll, I'll connect you with ben you could be oh, a well, guest well. i that's that's too much that's too that's scary <laughs> this is uh this is enough for me <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was very cool it was very cool and so you can follow him at tv therapy pod and you can go on apple and you know find tv therapy and you'll be able to find uh, his show. So give a listen to it. Very, very awesome and much appreciated. And I'll be letting every you know our audience and you as well, Craig. I'll let you guys know once uh, the episode is is posted. So very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. But on to the you know the, I guess the main course down to brass tacks here. We're looking at King of the Hill. That's right, the brass tacks. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> King of the Hill season four. And oh, how time has flown. Season four already. Season four already. And Craig. Yeah. A very I don't even have the to me, like I I don't want it to sound basic, but like the word I think of is is a very interesting season. Very interesting season. When I look we are rewatching and looking at this season as a whole. Not to channel like <laughs> it's a TV therapy thing, but how does that make you feel? It made me feel. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I really could say I liked what I've you know have said you know and not to be a broken record. These past like you know few seasons talked about how even though it's animation. It really feels like a real life show, like it, you know, which to me, not even The Simpsons or any of these other animated shows do as well as King of the Hill. And this season, I think, I think season three really, you know, I I still like season three better, but I think season three started that, like laid the foundation in a way. But this season, I really noticed it and really liked that part about it. You know what I will say. I think that's a good way to sort of encapsulate sort of what a feeling that I sort of, not a feeling, but like something I noticed over the course of this season that I feel like there were a lot more um, random moments that made it feel much more real, like just like random, like sort of side interactions with characters that weren't part of the main story that were just like, you know, like for the one episode where like Bobby and Peggy are playing uh, slapsies, right? With their Mm -hmm. hands. Right or whatever, which that's and it's just like or you know Peggy and like uh, Luann just having a conversation for like two lines or something. You know what I mean? That that's really yes. just shows you like background, like life to the main sort of thrust of the episode. You just get these like little, just like inane comments or things from these characters, like like you would in real life, just like random observations, like oh look at that. Like there's just a, there was a lot of that. I feel like and mm-hmm. I liked I liked that. No, I agree. That's that's a great point you made because. That is something I, you know, I was listening to something the other day about what you can say, like Judd Apatow with movies and what, you know, his impact on comedy film the past 20 years, those Apatow movies, and what he has done really well is he has shown, you know, when a movie, a lot of his movies, like a basis is like friendship. And which he's not new to doing that, but a lot of times you don't, you might get a quick backstory, but you don't really always see like why, like the friendship, like really 
shown in that movie besides like, oh, we're friends and we're going to go through, you know, this scenario that makes up a movie and that's why we're friends. But like what he has done well is he'll show these two friends just having a conversation over coffee and cracking jokes and you get like, oh, there's a friendship there. Like what? You and I it's or not anybody a else. Friendship. It's right. not just like it's like an actual relationship. Exactly. And I think like yeah. that's a great point you made to show that. To show just a quick little conversation between Luann and her aunt, you know, Peggy, or between, you know, these two people or, you know, Joe Jack and Hank, whatever the case may be, very like cool to see. Like that is real life. And a lot of times real life movies or shows don't do that. But to see this, you know, animated show do it, it, it's really refreshing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know what I also enjoyed, I have to say, is I really... Tell me. <laughs> I really Sorry, like... I couldn't resist. It's just right there. You it's can't fine. set me up like that. I'm fine. <laughs> I should have known better. I should have known better. <laughs> it's, hey, I gotta... I'm rusty, too. It's been a little bit. It's been a bit. But I, I, I liked the fact that you know we start off season four and we're looking at you know after you know peggy hill has the fall and season three ended on that cliffhanger of the skydiving and her her shoot doesn't work and she i love, I love it I love, it was a great way to start the season it really it was because so i had forgotten that that's how it started and that first episode was so good Sorry. Right. It, yeah. Keep going. Yeah, no, it it it, so it, it was, and I liked <laughs> that it wasn't, which a lot of like you know animated shows could do, especially at this time, you know, ninety nine, two thousand. You know, it's like a two part thing, and then like she's healed, but like yeah. throughout it, you see the steady increase of her, like even like two, three episodes later of her still at, like, the rehab and trying to... Yeah. Like, she's not just automatically, like, walking around. Like, I yeah, I yeah. like that. Like, I like that, like, it was... It's not, like, an episodic thing. It's, like, an actual, like... It's, yeah, it's, like, a real thing that happened that, that it doesn't just go away at the end of the episode. Yeah, and, and... Like The Simpsons would or something like that. Exactly. Now, why why did you love this start of season four, like, that... You know, with Peggy and her, you know, rehabilitation after the, the I mean, crash. <laughs> I guess it's like sort of like classic, like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, you know, you starting in the middle of action, right? Like, it's just like, oh, like, I forgot. Like, what are we like? It just was immediately like you're immediately intrigued just because it's like picking up something that's like really climactic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like already like sort of whatever. And just like it starts off like, um, um, <laughs> it's because like the it, I started watching it, it like it, it it showed like previously on King of the Hill and it showed you like you know Bobby driving Dee Dee or whatever to the hospital like Bobby just being the most adult like normal person in his entire thing, but um like you know it's just like Hank's like uh. Um, uh, I, I think my wife might be dead. Hold on. Like to try to get out of the conversation <laughs> yeah. and it goes like, just like, I think my wife might be dead. Like total level headed, like, you know, like looking and like Luann finds like the fucking, uh, I don't know, like cow skull or bull horn, long horn skull. Like, oh, we're too late, Uncle Hank. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And then he finds Peggy and she's like, hey, hey, hey. Like what? <laughs> like she's just like laying in this pile of mud that's the way that's like the first thing she says like she's so psychotic that she's not like i'm over here it's like 
I'm still trying to maintain this semblance of like control. Like, I'm fine. You know, like joking about it. Hey, hey, hey. Like, what? No, that's insane. And then just like, I don't know. And then Hank, you know, meeting the doctor, like, she'll be fine. And he's like, uh, like, um, what color is the cast? Like, why does that matter? And he's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just the absurdity of the whole thing was just made me laugh. Like, no. It was that, so good. That was hilarious. That was, I like that. He's, I don't know, and and just you know, the the I like the part where they they get her into the house. They wheel her in. You know, she's in a full body cast, and then Dale looks over. I think a thank you would be nice, Peggy. <laughs> and Hank's like, Dale, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I love. It. Oh my god. How? Yeah, I think my oh go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just say like Bobby being like like him driving Dee to the hospital, like him cutting the umbilical cord, him holding this baby, like him just witnessing and being there, being like the most like emotionally supportive person to this person that like doesn't even care. She's like, oh, the baby's born, and like Dee like, oh, what's his name? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't. She's like so out of it, or just like uh, you know, depressed, or it's just I don't know. It, it and was, the whole thing. and then Cotton sees the baby. You wanna kill a Nazi? You wanna a kill Nazi a Nazi? Fresh? Like I'm like, yeah. you know, like that's like this man is. Everybody in this whole situation in both situations is so fucked up. Like except Bobby, who's just like yes, you know, he was so like overwhelmed with like the beauty of like the birth and just like life and helping bring this you know baby into the world and like everybody else is just like nuts. I don't know. No, I'm glad you said it because I got that watching. You know, I've seen these episodes many times, but I looked at Bobby through a different lens getting ready for this podcast episode of like, yeah, you know, it it was a, and it's kind of what we've talked about off air before we started, but a plus for the sensitive man, the empathetic man, where like he is the only one, better than Hank. To me, he is handling everything better than Hank as far as taking, you know, looking out for GH and trying to balance his <laughs> GH good Hank. Yeah. <laughs> no good Hank. His uncle which is his Bobby's uncle and like yeah. he is the only mature adult. You know, Hank is dealing with his you know, survivor's guilt even though Peggy did survive, but like and you know, ha- having that stuff and going on just everyone it's just and Bobby's dealing with which is a serious issue, DD's, you know, postpartum depression and yeah. cotton, you know, his the insanity that is cotton, but now cotton kind trying to like disown GH because he is, you know, leaking out from his belly button or no from his nipples. Shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Bobby really it was funny and even Bobby putting up the boundary where he's like I am 12 years old. I am too young for it. I'm going to school. You figure it out. It was like right on, Bobby. Like, yeah, all I, you it, actual the, adults need to step up for this child, this infant. Well, yeah, I mean that's the irony. It's like you know, Bobby hasn't been fully, I guess, like enculturated, you know, or experiences no shame for the behaviors that he experiences. You know what I mean? Or the these sort of feelings that he hasn't, you know, learned how to like be an appropriate, you know man in like mm-hmm. you know american culture or whatever so he's just like unabashedly like you know excited about all this sort of stuff and willing to do these things that an adult 
would not probably well not not wouldn't not would an adult you know of perhaps like all of these adults in the situation all the men in the situation probably would not have done but bobby doesn't give a shit at all because he's uh you know not beyond it but before it because he hasn't learned to be ashamed yet he still right. has the child's mind <laughs> in a so, positive way in the in the positive way yeah i agree i agree it is really awesome and I want to ask because we kind of talked about, you know, on our last episode, the fact that we're really getting the classic season three brought out the classic Peggy Hill, who is just overcompensating and egocentric and overly confident. And, you know, this she's literally broken. But, you know, we see through these first few episodes, her spirit is broken. And that's even more. There's a lot of times people don't realize that. When something happens to someone physically traumatic, it's we look at the physical, but what the emotional trauma is really what cuts even deeper. So, like, how do you feel seeing this Peggy, you know, these episodes where she is, her spirit is broken? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's even, it's like the main thrust of it is that, and like the irony, like the sad irony is the fact that like she was, you know, her jealousy of Dee Dee being able to get pregnant is what sort of like drove her to do this sort of like risky thing that ultimately, I mean, it's just, just like life's not fair, obviously, you know what I mean? And just goes to show like, you'd think like the cosmic justice, like her, like, yeah, I'm going to jump and like prove like whatever that I can still do things. And then she just like completely shatters herself. And then like that juxtaposed with like her already or compounded by her already, like that feeling of inferiority or frustration about being physically incapable of doing something. And then it have it, then being even more, you know, physically incapable of right. doing anything because she's like physically broken and it makes it even more real. Like she can't even feed herself. And then she's being like infantilized when like Hank is feeding her with the bottle, you know, and she's just crying. She's just like, I can't do anything. And, and now she's even treated like a child. Exactly. So it was, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I didn't necessarily, I didn't, I, I enjoyed it, but it's like, I think obviously as time goes on, clearly like Peggy didn't really uh, get the message of like uh, I don't know. I feel like she didn't really grow as a person through that through no. that experience. So I, that's a little frustrating. But I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't think she grew, but I think it was it was an interesting take to see this character who overcompensates and you know so much, but in a comedic way, it's hilarious. But and it's like almost in a way delusional about her abilities. You know, and like her yeah. skill, her skill level on a lot of things, but um, to see her have to have a, you know, it's sad, but a big helping of humble pie, and you know, it's a lot, and and to me it leads. I said it in the past, I like, referenced it, but this season and the episode Cotton's plot is probably my favorite episode with Cotton. That, that's Cotton centric, you know, that he's the main plot line. I think this is maybe my favorite that where Cotton is kind of takes the role of Peggy's physical therapist. <laughs> I love that. Oh wait, but before we talk about that episode, there's just one line in the first episode that just really made me laugh. So What's that? Hard. When he's like doing Hank is like trying to just be like supportive. He's like, you know, Helen Keller was largely useless, but look how he, but look how he, we remember her yeah. as if he's trying. That's like his words of comfort. Oh yeah. That's Peggy. a good line. It's just like, so like, uh, yes, that is, that makes me feel great. You're comparing like 
first off, it's misrepresenting Helen Keller. Absolutely. But also, but also just saying like, yeah, you can be useless, but you know, like it's completely not applicable to her situation. That's like her problem is that she feels useless, you know, and not saying like, and just, I don't know. It's just. No, I'm with you. It was, it was a very, I think the, the first two episodes were, you know, if you rate us like a season, it was on fire to start. I don't think it finishes on a fire, but it starts off on fire with the the continuing the plot of of how season three ended, and and I thought that those I guess like two episodes that's I feel like as a almost a two part season finale even though it's not officially that no, with yeah. Peggy Hill and then Cotton's plot. Um, I love yeah that was that was just, it was a solid episode. Right? I thought Cotton's plot was really... It's not my favorite episode of the season, but my favorite Cotton performance because it, it was a really interesting thing. I, and and it's a good... I have this question for you, Craig, because in, in that episode, uh-huh. Hank kind of says it after he finds out that you know Peggy's not going to physical therapy and Cotton's been doing it. And he's like, I think my dad might just want to torture you he has never been fond of you and and i I don't know because you look at the episode do you think cotton had do you think cotton in his sick way was really trying to help peggy or do you think it was his own way of trying to torture her oh i don't think he was actually i think cotton's just so like absurd like i i don't think he was consciously torturing her i think he just like is approaching he just says these like strict things regardless and just like you know, this is the way it is. Like, I don't think he was, I don't think he was getting enjoyment. Because even like the very last part of that episode, when he's like, you know, you climb up there and I'll tell you, you can dance on my grave or whatever. And then like, she dances with him after he like, I don't think it's, um, I think it may not have been conscious, like him helping. I thought he, he probably just like, was like, oh, I can yell at this person and whatever. Like I would yell at everybody else. I don't think it was like, I'm going to torture Peggy. I don't think there was that much conscious thought. Yeah. I don't I, think I was just mean though. I don't think there was like a. I don't honestly think there was ill intent behind it. I think it's just his his natural mo is just to treat people like that. Right. <laughs> and Peggy just like had no choice but to take it, and she just like used that rage that clearly is present in her other like her whole life. Like obviously with her perfectionism and her like people thinking she can't do things, and that's why she has to constantly overcompensate and do things, you know, like mm-hmm. or try to do things. I feel like that just took advantage of her natural psychological state, and just like she's like, I'll show you, I could do it like i'm gonna crawl whatever and do this like you know so i don't think i at least in my opinion i don't think uh he was actively torturing her I, I i agree i don't think it was i think um because it's it's a weird feeling like i it was a very nice moment still comedic because you know i like that they didn't have peggy just automatically dance with him like no she still is recovering from a bad act so like she's kind of like slumped over and can't really but she, yeah. she's standing you know kudos to her but i think it is that's that is cotton's and it kind of made me not for excuse or forgive because he's treated people awfully especially his ex-wife and his son oh yeah you know and a lot of and people, his current wife and his current wife exactly <laughs> yes. but he um the i guess militarization like that's just how he sees life it is just like yeah. There's a there's a, a commander in charge and you're the 
the soldier and to get through this mission, I'm going to be hard on you and push you and denigrate you until the mission's complete. Peggy would never survive in a Japanese POW camp. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When he was like, when he was like, when she had no choice but to be regaled with his stupid stories. And he's like, you know, like the only thing I had to eat was rats. You know, (laughs) after two weeks, I was down to my last rat. I let it live so I could eat its trappings. Jungle rice. Tasted fine. I'm like, what (laughs) is like, what planet is this? Like, no. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Are you, are you, the other line when he's like, are you ready to hate me more than you've ever hated another person in your life? I already do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was such a great line. That is such a great line. <laughs> then we're halfway there. Yeah, like he doesn't give a shit. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, but Peggy's God. like total like uh, assurance, like like her self, self-assurance when she's like, well, doctor, I've been doing like every day since my surgery or like my cast or being have this cast put on me. I've been doing isometric butt clenches, and then she just immediately collapses to the ground when she tries to stand. I liked that because I'm like, yeah, that's right, Peggy, you are insane. You're so full of yourself, and it was nice to just see her fall. It was, it really was, and I'm looking now. I will say this. There, there, mm-hmm. there's a we could be obviously not going to go through every single episode oh, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. You liked because I, I will say that honestly, three through six are not bad episodes, but they're okay episodes to me. I think six beer came named Desire is not bad. I like that one. But oh, for, I love that one. Okay, because I, I was going to go to the 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 Happy Thanksgiving because you said you like that one, but I did. Beer, a beer came named name Desire is like it stops the streak of like so so episodes to me. Um, now why why do you love this episode so much? Well, I mean, not because not just because I'm uh, like living in New Orleans, yeah. but um, it's just I mean just the absurdity of it all. Like some of the like first off, do you know like is the whole situation of like um. Bill having to choose, like having to figure out which one he's related to. Is that like a trope or related to, is that like a, is that in reference to some other like literary or work that I'm not getting? I don't know. I know. He has to. I know the, the, the episode title is based off of, you know, a streetcar named Desire. But I, I honestly. It's okay. I was curious. I'm foggy. on yeah. the plot line of a street, even though I have seen it, I forget, and I do like Tennessee Williams, some of, like his work, like, but I I am foggy on it, so I am not sure where that right. comes from. Um, it's kind of yeah. weird to like that part. Kind of, I'm not gonna lie, skeeves me out always. Uh-huh. Like it's just very weird that like if you guys are especially like the ladies if you know you're related to them why are you trying to like i know i think that's why i like it's just a complete absurdity because it's just like something that's like it's just so i don't know like the way like you know the the bloodline like just like all the language makes me laugh and like we get to meet um gilbert or yeah i don't even know how to say it in french but like I and then like Bobby, you know, like <laughs> dressing up as like a Southern dandy or whatever he's calling him, and he's like, "This flower." I hope I get a window seat because this flower is Wilton. Like I say that all the time, and it just made me laugh. Oh, so, hard. so great! And, it, and again, Bobby like doesn't care, and like Hank, like there was a little bit of actually like weird, like you know, 
I don't necessarily say it's homophobia, but like when like Bobby goes to sit next to Gilbert or whatever, and Bobby's and Hank's like also next to him. Like I don't know if that's more of just like I don't want you influencing this person, but Hank is clearly uncomfortable that this person is like potentially influencing this. Uh, his uh, we got um, we. It's definitely we could call it what it is. Homophobia. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, but I mean, for honestly, I feel like it could just be generic. Like it could honestly just be garden variety. Well, I feel like a lot of homophobia, misogyny, whatever. But like this idea of just like you're not behaving the way you should behave, whether right, like, no matter what it is. But um, yeah, but just like, just like, yeah, like uh, what is it? Like dinner? Like what does he say? Like dinner? Like the youth is served. And then yes, Bobby yes. Become, Bobby comes in like. I, I'm just like, what is, I don't know. And there's just so many good lines. And the fact that, like, Bill, like, randomly speaks French, you know what I mean? He didn't even know. And, like, it's just, like, what are, there's just so many good lines that I feel like I can't even, Well, I don't even know. I, go it's, for it. I, I always like the fact it's interesting, of, you know, and I, you know, really, Hank only has himself to be upset with because he made that choice. But then it is that whole thing of do you believe in yourself to go take that chance? Or do you, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like there's good arguments either way because this is a former NFL quarterback. He probably is a more sure thing than you are, right? Like statistically yeah. will add up like he's more sure than you. But then it is that thing of do you have the because they can go either way where like oh if you're too not willing to trust if you have trust issues and you're trying to take do it all yourself and then you don't go that way of the more of a sure thing like that can be bad but like that is what comes if you don't have confidence in yourself and then you put it in someone else's hands you're putting it in someone else's hands and i i guess i long story short or a roundabout way asking what do you think about that situation? And how would you feel if you were in that spot? For anything, it doesn't mean, have to be football. Yeah, anything. No. It's one of those things where it's like you know, obviously. Uh, well, I was going to say hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's not even true. It's easy to identify those things, but in the moment, like he said, like he's like, well, you know, it's not the same because like the Hank was like, it's not the same. Like there's no sport. Like I didn't win a million dollars, and there's no fans in the stadium after he challenges him to go back and does it. But it's like yeah, he ne- he wouldn't have known in that moment. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he. He could have, like, felt clumsier because of the pressure. And similarly, like, he didn't know until after he confronted this person that Dandy had practiced with his jacket on the entire time. And so he was actually trying to do it. Like, it's like it's it's what you think is or what you perceive to be, you know, something isn't necessarily what it is just because, you know, you think it is. Basically, you might not have all the information and like you don't know how you would have performed. It's just easier to judge it based on the the result of this rather than like what, I don't know. I, 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 it's somebody that's like, you know, it's easy to sort of be like, Oh my God, like what if, or like, clearly that was the right choice. It's like, you never know. You don't know how things would have turned out. And even Danny's like, yeah, you don't know. Like what happened, what's happened has happened. And you, you, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. And I appreciated that sort of like a uh, candor, I guess. Just being like, yeah, this is what it is. Like you, you don't know. I agree. I agree. It, it It's, um, good little lesson in that episode is it is it is a it's a the that plot line i like the bill plot line is always kind of a little interesting a little weird to me at times oh, i just loved the absurdity of the uh the like the, the language of, like the, the over the top like plantation absurd like i, I don't know like it is crazy <laughs> it is like mama always like I, i've always been a bit of a creeper 
much <laughs> like the kudzu vine strangling Dixie. Like, what? Like, okay. Or, and then, like, when, when Esme or whatever, like, Bill's grandmother, mom or whatever, is talking to Peggy, like, these, like, women need to be strummed or whatever. And Peggy's like, oh, this is right out of Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, I think it just points to, like, like how, like, just disconnected from, like, the real world. <laughs> like, how disconnected for her it is. Like, it's just so different. But, um, and I don't know, like... I don't know. Sorry. I know everything's not just a bunch of quotes, but there's just so many good ones. When he was like, when uh, when Hank sits next to Gilbert at the, Gilbert at the dinner, and he's like, so, uh, how do you think the saints are looking? You know, and he's like, I'm more familiar with sinners than saints, and yeah. sinners always look good. I'm like, oh my God. Like, there's like, I <laughs> just love it. Are you here to till the soil and nurture the vine, or are you just here to play in the garden? <laughs> like, oh, it's so good. You I'm are gonna give a, I'm going to give, what is like, I'm going to give uh, room service a jangle and have them send off some etouffee when Bobby says that, and then Bank just pitches all of his clothes out the door, oh. out the window. He's like, no! <laughs> that's, the, that's my favorite part. That is hilarious. Yeah. Look, look at me, a dandy. Like, I'm a dandy, too. And, like, Bobby, like, shows him his outfit. And, and Hank's just like, oh, God. Oh, God. It's, uh, yeah, I just I just really like that episode just because it was just something different and ridiculous. It is very. I, I give you that. It is definitely different. I And I, you're, you're making me uh, change my opinion a little bit more to, like, it, it's, you know, funnier than i give i you know give it credit for i guess so i, I you don't that. have to change just no no because there are some <laughs> because gilbert is a great he is awesome the whole <laughs> concept is weird but he is hilarious gilbert the lines he gives are phenomenal i am a thousand percent like you're right like he gives some great like quotes the the whole <laughs> cousin's trying to i'm just like what why what is the point but like um Oh yeah, when he hisses at Violetta when he's it's like very weird. on the weird yes. on the chase lounge or whatever and Violetta like, is your Violetta <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Violetta's your cousin. and she hisses at him and he hisses back. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I'm like, this what? is a weird thing here. How long have you been sitting there? Thirty five years. What? Yeah. I don't know. It's so good. So weird. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about Happy Thanksgiving, the next episode, and you said you are a big fan of that episode. Yeah, I think, like we were saying, it's like such one of those things where I feel like Hank just, not even just Hank, like everybody, okay, now I'm going to pull back from those two extremes. Like there's just some characters in the episode that really just, I feel like embody normal person frustrations and it just comes out in a comical way. Like Hank's naivety, like in, in, like in, a, in a positive way, like, you know what I mean? This idea mm-hmm. of like, Hank's not going to do anything dangerous with that propane he's trying to bring on the, you know, even from the very beginning when the guy's like, but, you know, you've had this, you know, this case in, in your sight the entire time. And like for, and Hank's like, well, no, just a minute. He's like, and like, just for a moment. He's like, it's more of a moment rather than a minute. And the, clearly the, he, the guy's just looking for like, a, yeah, it was in my, it was in my line of sight the whole time just to make sure, you know what I mean? And then after all that, he pulls out the propane thing. And like, that's clearly what can't go on the plane. Right. Like Hank's just like, so not, I don't know, like not even a good way. You know what I mean? Like, but he has to follow all these regulations, which are in place for obvious reasons. But like, if everybody acted like Hank, you know, Craig. Yeah. 
Okay, I missed it again. If everybody had to no, act like Hank. No, yeah, something happened. No, just like the idea. It's like, you know, we wouldn't need all these rules if everybody acted like Hank. You know Right, I mean? right. Like, because, like, he is a very, like, absurdly rational person. And, like, he's not going to do anything that breaks the rules, you know, like, all these sorts of things. And just, like, the frustration, like, these stupid things when he's trying to fit the turkey in the check, like, carry on. And he's like, it meets, like, the cubic requirements. It's just oddly shaped. (laughs) You know, he's like, you're going to have to check it, sir. And then he does. And then, like, just, it's just, just all of the frustrations of, like, you know, him being frustrated with the system that's in what? place and then him eventually succumbing to the system when he's like got like you know information that like this other thing's going to be this other plane's going to be checking out so he's like trying not to let anybody else know and he's like getting on the bus he's like we're gonna have to do it your way peggy the dirty way and he like gets on the gets on the bus and like forces them in there and like because at first he starts from this place of just like you know i'm just i'm we're gonna get there everything's gonna be fine then runs into all these challenges and he eventually has to like try to you know exploit the system rather than work within it because it's not really working to his benefit. No, that's he's tre- a- yeah. He's not tre- he's not being treated like a person. He's been treated like a number, like like everybody. You know, I don't know. Keep what? sorry. What were you no, gonna I was going to say what. That's a great way to phrase like Hank's like throughout the show, like Hank's philosophy of everyone should. You know, I am I am such a thorough almost like absurdly rule follower and so naively like boy scout and naive about the world but then his counter is almost like well this rule doesn't apply to me because i you should know i am hank rutherford hill yeah uh i am strickland propane assistant manager and i do everything by the book and like like, I don't know, like, what is the term, like, if there, I'm asking, I'm, tar- I don't mean to put you on the spot, but, like, how do you, like, that, like, philosophy of Hank? I don't know if there is, because that is, like, Pete, there are, he's not alone, there are people like that who are, like, well, I'm a safe driver, so I would never need a seatbelt because, you know, like, right, if, right. if everyone drove like me, there'd be no accidents, because I follow the limit, and I use the signal every time, and, why should I have to do this or, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think there is a certain like beauty in the sense that like, I mean, it's, it's like a double-sided coin in the sense of, or whatever, double-edged sword. I feel like in this idea of like, you know, assuming that everybody's going to be acting in a certain way, but then there's obviously the flip side where like no one really does except for him. And so you're constantly met with frustration, but like, yeah, I just, Hank is so, like, Luann's like, Uncle Hank, I, I'm, like, a man just asked me to join the Mile High Club. Do you think you could get me an application? And he's like, I think they have those on the plane. Like, he, he's just so, like, he's so out of it, you know? Yeah. But, um, and, but approaching, but as a very empathetic when he, like, these frustrations where he, he's like, you know, why is it $700? You know, this, like, ticket to buy the ticket on the day of or like why like i have to check this thing like it's really it meets the requirements but like there's no special consideration for him as a person it's just like sorry breaking the rules no or it's like this is not allowed no like you can't do this and it's just like a very clinical i don't know i kind of i kind of because it's like weirdly like classist i feel like in some way too like the like but it points out like the unfairness of it all like 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 um luann gets randomly bumped up to first class yeah. You know, which like is completely absurd. 
but then she and then like she's shown her in the actual like the plane and she's like excuse me what's that curtain for and the, and the lady the flight attendant's like um that separates first class from economy and Luann's like i'd like that closed please <laughs> like like just like how insane i don't know to me it was just very um it just it just really showed like that the the um i don't know the unfairness of everything you know what i mean and the fact that like um you're you're just uh no matter how like much you feel like things should work out or will work out you can do everything and it's still not going to work out you know what i mean yeah and really honestly the things around you are kind of what you need anyway instead of doing all of this like absurd like you know they're going to thanksgiving and they're and there's like no consideration to, as to the people that they're going to be interacting with on thanksgiving like hank's like gonna be doing thanksgiving his way for peggy's family and peggy like wants to make this brown betty that no one will eat and just wants right. to like stick it stick it to her mom and at the end like they all just sort of all the people just in Arlen end up hanging, like end up, you know, sharing that sort of a meal together and making do with what they have, which was kind of, I don't know, like a positive message to me in some way. Cause like, yes, I don't know, yes. What's the point of going to these people and performing Thanksgiving when it, you, in reality you want to be with people you actually care about? Not to say you can't travel to be with people you care about, but just like, you know, in their case, you know, but it should not be a, a, a lot of times that is what, and I know holidays for a lot of us were very different this year with the pandemic, but a lot of times that is what gatherings can become, sadly. You know, um, whether it's parties, a birthday party, a wedding, uh, it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter, whatever you celebrate, it becomes this weird performance. And yeah. you have to put on appearances. And, and it's like, oh, I, I am the perfect, you know, baker. I make the perfect brown betty dessert and i i have it all together and like like you know why but a lot of times people do that like why food represents having it all together but uh like you know oh well yeah. if you made this great turkey then you must be stable as hell because <laughs> you made this turkey and stuff because you have an oven you yeah you know make. like so yeah. it's it's very true like and i do agree with that like it's a good take on what should the holidays be about which it should be if you know hey if you order pizza or if you order you know chinese on that holiday who cares as long you know not a performance right. uh, but long. then go ahead no, go, go for it go. no i was gonna say but then uh, but ironically then true to form peggy at the very end the very last line she's like between like what is it like uh like she's still trying to make the fucking brown Betty with like with like the crackers and butter packets and like whatever like she still doesn't sort of, I don't know, get the message, not that anybody necessarily does, but, like, she's still so locked in on this brown Betty without actually, you know, just enjoying Thanksgiving. It's Absolutely. Still about her, it's still about her performance, you know? Like, like you're trying to make a fucking brown Betty out of, like, leftover pizza crust, and, like, it, no, like, come on. Whatever, Peggy. No, but it's also, and you brought up um, symbolic of class, and that, you know, it's a funny scene, but Leanne getting first class, and we know Leanne's background, you know, from the show yeah. and what she's been through, where she grew up, and she's had a tough life. She, she forgets a... it as soon as she gets a taste. She exactly. She from. <laughs> and, and, and it's true, though, like, no matter what, and, and, and it's a lesson for everybody, and myself, too, like, to remember where you come from and not to be elitist or think you are better 
But it, you have to consciously think about that because it's so quickly once you, you know, boom, make a little bit more money or you just get bumped to first class, you will forget that and you will go, oh, those people over there, like, I'm not one of you. <laughs> And, Bitch, you know, that was you last week. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. Like, <laughs> like, when we get down to like, it, that was you. And, like, it, yeah. it, it's it's true, like, and it's comedic. And people are like, it's not that fast. No, it can be that quickly. Like, it can be that fast where it's like, I get first class. Well, what? I never been for it. And then you sit down and then, well, what's that? Uh, oh, I don't want to see those people. It makes me think about my, you know, my other life. Like, now I'm in the, with the first, I'm with the fancy people. The good yeah. people I mean, over it, here. It's like, you know, millionaire. There's, I remember reading somewhere, I thought it was really interesting, the idea that, like, millionaires are, like, a, or, like, you know, these, these like, billionaires or millionaires or people that have made it all, like, made it, like, they're, like, selling their story, like, they're, they're like, whatever, they're sort of, like, gaslighting everybody, telling everybody that, like, no, like, that wasn't me, like, I was always hustling, doing all this stuff, like, I made it myself, like, like it was all me and my hard work, like, cre- like rewriting their own journey to make it look as though they were, like, it was all through their own sort of, you know, effort, when in reality, it was probably just, like, a series of, like, lucky breaks and, or, like, handouts or these sorts of things, like, nobody, it's not, like, you're not special, in, in that sense, like, it's not just you, you were, you got where you were probably as a result of, like, luck and skill and talent in a lot of cases, but also just, like, pr- good timing. Mm-hmm. And to think that it's just because you are unique enough that, like, you have somehow mastered the system or, like, you know, clawed your way to the top ruthlessly is kind of, um, in some sense, delusional, which I thought was kind of cool. But it's, like, the idea, it's, like, forgetting where you come from and, like, wanting to believe, like, no, I deserve this because I did it myself. Absolutely. And we... When it's, like, mm, probably didn't, but okay. Yeah. And we see how dangerous it, it can be. And it's not also just a a type of person it can be any of us if we don't you know like everything else have to put the work in to not act that way or not be that way yeah no absolutely i'm i'm obviously far from faultless in that sense too it's far easier to critique other people you know come on yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely (laughs) absolutely i i want to ask you before i get to um is there any episodes, especially like in that middle range of the season, like that stick out to you? You know, before I get to um, the the two parter hanky panky and high anxiety episodes. Yeah, I I'm oh shit, I don't have a I don't have like a timeline in front of me. Where I, I really like the um, I don't know if this is before or after. I really like the um, the rodeo one. Yes, yes, rodeo days. That's right before. Is that- Right before, I really liked that one. I like only because only beca- any episode where Bobby says, "What are you talking about?" is yeah. going to be in my, in my top episode. Okay. Just because I'm just like, oh my god, like, and the fact that Bobby is so good-hearted, like in the sense that like he heard, first off, you know, being a clown, like I love that he's still invested in this prop comedy thing and all this sort of stuff. And I love, like, again, it points to everybody's, you know, everybody wanting, you know, performing for status. Like, Peggy at the end of the episode reveals that, like, what is it? Her dad, her uncle actually was also a rodeo clown. He wasn't just, like, a famous, you know, rodeo person. I don't know, or cowboy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that um, Bobby, like, overhears, not even overhears, but, like, sees, um, uh, oh, God, what's his name? What's um, uh, 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 Nancy and Dale's son's name? Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, sees Joseph, like, you know, being one of the cool kids and making fun of him. Bobby, even after experiencing that sort of shame, still helps his friend at the end. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I was like, God, Bobby, you are you are good people. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Like he has like the um, like the psychological and emotional sort of resilience to, and like a, being able to be like, that's not him, and or I should still do this. Like this is still right for me to try to help this person, even though I was wronged or felt whatever. Like he can see through the fact that. Well, I don't know if he does, but sees that maybe that wasn't his friend, or sees through the performativity of you know what Joseph did rather than thinking he. I don't know. I just thought it was really good. I like that. And well, it, it's it's you're right, and that's and and you're right, and also like seeing Bobby Hill in a very different light this season. But that is what the what should be the role if you are because like the the rodeo clown is supposed to be the helper. You are supposed to help and kind of honestly, people don't talk about it enough like that. How dangerous it is doing that, like when you're riding the bull or riding the you know the steer and like how a lot of people do die. Like you get trampled and, right. and like that rodeo clown is a hero in a lot of ways. Like it's comedically, but it, you're distracting that bull from killing this cowboy who fell off. And that should be the role of when we're no matter what the profession, but when you're in that role of you are here to help and we all have like, let's not lie. We all have, you know, biases and things can, we're human beings, but when it comes down oh, to yeah. it, you're there to help. You're there to help, and I, you're right. I like that Bobby. He could have held out against Joseph, his quote unquote best friend, as soon as he could, made fun of Bobby behind his back, and Bobby heard him, and he went with the quote unquote cool kids and forgot his best friend and kind of laughed and put him down. But Bobby saw Joseph, you know, the quote unquote star, the quote unquote what everyone like. Oh, look at the he's a cowboy. And he does his record times. Bobby went in and saved the day and helped him, and not out of a, like a out of glory, not out of anything with ego, just because it's the right thing to do. That's what I'm here to do, and I check my ego at the door. That's a it's a very cool and an important lesson. I agree. What are you talking about? Yeah. I just, I just, I just, I just love how that's still his go-to. That's his bread and day. butter. And like for for everything, like to like a bull, like what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that's no, his yeah. bread and butter. Rodeo, yeah, rodeo days is an interesting one, um, and I, and there's some we can go back to some of those in between ones later on. We're talk about favorite episodes, but I really want it because it was a very different to me to see like in the middle of a season to kind of have this two part murder mystery. With hanky panky and and high anxiety, you know where Miss Liz. It was interesting to see this Miss Liz. I don't recall. I don't remember if Miss Liz had ever been mentioned before. Could really, you refer, I feel like I'm blanking on this. Could you could you just refresh my memory here a little bit? This is when Miss Liz. You know, Hank is getting the award, and Buck is with Debbie Grund. And <laughs> Miss Liz comes in and sees that Buck's cheating and catches him and then pretty much winds up. She's going to divorce Buck and it's like taking over like Strickland propane and all that stuff. And she starts to have, you know, she makes Debbie. Oh, doesn't uh, she try to Oh, keep going? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, she makes Debbie a, uh, a ta- tank wipe and then tries to seduce Hank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about making soup. <laughs> you know, those <laughs> classic lines. <laughs> and then, you know, Peggy, as when Peggy, you know, Buck gives ownership of Sugarfoots to Hank, 
and Peggy's <laughs> taking over, which is hilarious, too. Oh, yeah, and she just, like, kills it because she thinks she knows everything. Yeah, and Debbie tries to sleep with Hank and then winds up, you know, long story short, there's and more in there, but she kills she kills herself by accident in the, the garbage can of, at, behind Sugarfoot's, and there's the whole mystery of who done it, and there's a two-parter with it, and the sheriff, Sheriff Mumford, and then the uh, the Texas Ranger comes in, it, and I really you know enjoyed that two part murder mystery. Thought it was hilarious on all accounts. <laughs> For some reason, I'm like I, I I'm like was I conscious during these episodes? I remember them. But for some reason, nothing's sticking out of me other than like what you just what you explained to me, like sort of like wow, you, wow, that shows where you stand with these episodes. No, no, no. Hey, that could have just been coincidental. I don't. I'm not saying I am not here to say that these didn't do anything for me. I feel like when you're like binging something, you know, it can get lost. Yes, it can. I feel like yeah, and it's it's not necessarily an indication of its uh, you know, quality. But these these leave nothing for you. I I for like, what what about what about, what, what? Give me give me a little more. Maybe a little more that I can uh, hang my hat on here that sticks out. Uh, I'm just Buck, like thinking. Buck has to like he gets kicked out and he's living with Debbie and her roommate Gail with the long hair. Um, Hank winds up smoking weed by accident with Gail. And the, you know, he's, oh yeah! You know what I'm talking about now. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wait, wait, isn't it like his his like roommates, the guy that collects the Hot Wheels or whatever, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, and he's and, okay, and, and like Hank starts yes, and Hank thought that's one of my favorite. And Hank thought thinks it's a cigarette, and then he's like, "Oh, this is a funny cigarette," and he's like, "That pretty much says that's weed." And then Hank's like, "Oh, and oh then a Hank, drug cigarette." Yeah, and Hank's in the the toilet, and then Gail's like, "What are you doing?" And then Hank. I am inducing vomiting. <laughs> it's my always love. Like, 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 you just show textbook, like, this is how you get rid of a high. Induce yeah. vomiting. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's, <laughs> and he's like, what? It wasn't that strong, man. And then, uh, it's just so funny. And even when he tries to lure, he wants to, like, you know, trap, you know, Debbie or stop her from going to Sugarfoot's to. Tell, you know, make up that lie to Peggy or say that lie to Peggy. He's like, "Oh no, uh, don't go, cause we're I'm gonna go by your place and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it." And she's <laughs> like, so "We're gonna do it, yes, baby." And he hangs oh, up the phone. No. And he's like, "Oh, I just had phone sex," and it's just uh, the funniest thing. Like, just just classic. His, you know, him being naive and him not understanding anything, and and it was such a great. I wish I would have seen, you know, I, I really enjoyed Miss Liz in this, too. Like, such a funny thing. But, you know, the, the death of Debbie Grund. Debbie Grund. Debbie Grund. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I just feel, I, 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 Buck Strickland, like, you gotta, you gotta, you love to hate him. I love, I just flat out love him. I mean, I just love, like, the, it's like, the, the, Hank's relationship with him is so fascinating to me because he's clearly aware of like he like both he like weirdly admires Buck, thinking in some weird way that he shares his like love of propane. When clearly Buck is just in it for the money and doesn't give a shit about propane. Yeah. But Hank is like so just like blown away by his like business acumen or like service, even though like in episodes he's clearly seen firsthand that Buck's a trash fire. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I am with you that the Hank Buck relationship, because would you say is, I wouldn't say it's a brother, like a big. I think it's a father son kind of relationship, like right, like. Oh yeah, because like yeah, I mean Hank. I mean, even though again, it's a kind of ironic that literally, that it's it's the shitty father son relationship, in that Buck really only values Hank for his relevance to his own business enterprise. Like, he knows Hank is reliable and he can exploit him. You know Pretty I mean? much, yes. Like, I, I do. It's not like, oh, he's a great person. It's just like, he, this is what he, I can, he's a good worker. I think, yeah, yeah, I do think, I do think he does like Hank and care about Hank in his own weird way, but I think it is that. It's, uh, and it's also, it's Which not even. fine with Hank. Right. But it's not <laughs> even just like, oh, this is, he's a great worker, like, and I need great work. It's, to me, it's more like, He's a great worker, and I can goof off and do whatever because Hank will handle everything, and I don't oh, have yeah. to. You know what I mean? Like, Hank is on top. He's more type A and buy the book and will, you know, work however long it takes to do to get the books done, to do all those things, those things that probably Buck doesn't really care about or doesn't yeah. want to do. Hank will do and will do without any, you know back talk and so it's very interesting but i it is i don't know if it's i don't i don't even think i heard what you said i don't think hank respects and i could be wrong like buck's business accurate i feel like hank just respects this older guy because especially hank's relationship with his father with with cotton this older man you know believed in him you know hank was selling jeans you know at that store and Buck kind of, like, picked him out and saw something and, like, believed in him. And I feel like, for me, that's what I kind of see. Like, I don't want to let this guy who believed in me and get, and he gave me this this role that I really value. And he put me in a management role. Or he gave me this, he he introduced me to this, this world of propane and how important, even though it's crazy why he thinks propane's so important, but, like... You how taste Im- the meat, not the heat, Exactly. Bro. But, like, I feel like it's it's almost like this guy gave me an opportunity and I, I'm, I'm going to give undying loyalty to him. Yeah, which, I mean, just speaks to the fucked-upness of his relationship with his father, like the first person to give him any kind of validation get receives his, like, unwavering loyalty. Right. It's sad. It is. It is. And, and that's why... That whole dynamic is very, like, interesting. Like, the Hank Cotton, but even, I think more, Hank and Buck is very... Because you're right, we've seen it in these episodes that I'm mentioning. We'll see it previously. We see it in future episodes. Hank is aware of Buck's shortcomings as a human. Yeah. Most deaf. Does it? And they're so very different. The most deaf. Yeah, most deaf. Like I don't know. That was a Thirty Rock reference. Sorry. No, I. It's, I, I. In some abstract way. I got you. <laughs> I got you. But it is. I'm with you on that. I am. It's. It's interesting. I'm glad you brought it up. You're on fire today, Craig. I. I. These are really awesome points. Oh, I'm full of hot takes. Some of them, you know, some of them are valid, and some of them are total garbage. I'm sure. Well, valid. <laughs> I mean, that's also very subjective. I don't know. No, no. So let me ask you, we can go on to some of the, we've kind of touched on Peggy and Hank and Bobby. Were there any other characters you kind of looked at 
in in this season like that kind of like stuck out positive or negative um nothing's really like sticking out to me i feel like we've uh, this might be wrong although you know I watched season three over a month ago, so now it's completely out of my mind and can't remember anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I feel like Bill's weird fascination with Peggy's sort of like explored a little bit more. No, no, I, I agree. Um, or it's like when he's like, "What would they do with that cast?" That episode when uh, she gets rid of her like body cast, and he's like, "I guess they throw it away," and then he like sneaks off and he gets it, and he's like playing Boggle with Peggy's cast. No, like, it, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the bill, bill of sales is this season as well, with uh, selling that, that pyramid scheme for oh yeah you know doing the sales and selling that uh, meta life <laughs> and when Peggy even though it's th- because Bill is performing so it's not really genuine love or affection and she's trying to like push him but Peggy is like praising Bill and then gives him a kiss on the cheek and I love you Bill and then he gets like mad and quits. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's like high level so not even high level. That's just like straight sad manipulation like ooh. Yeah, that was rough. Also that- kind of funny. I feel like there's like really nothing new under the sun here like I mean, obviously pyramid schemes have been around forever. But like the fact that like I feel like now more than ever pyramid schemes are like everywhere. The fact that you know this episode is still a uh, it's culturally, you know, it's like relevant in some sense. Yeah, very um, understandable. It's interesting to me. No, I think um, you're right, but it also is kind of they deal with really like Bill is a a sadist. Yeah, and they kind of masoch- ex- well, masochist. No, well, masochist is the ones who they for themselves like or put themselves. Oh, masochist. Here. You're right, masoch. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. He's a masochist. I'm sorry. Peggy's sadistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peggy was being a sadist. Thank you. No, She's you're. Like, you deserve the pain. You are right. Yeah, he's a masochist. Yes. Yes. So, thank you for. But right. maybe right. maybe he's an unintentional. I mean, unintentional. I feel like a lot of people are unintentional masochists. Right. I, I and I kind of they don't they. I think it's cool that they, in a way, are talking about it. No, me too. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, and I, I'm trying to, you know, we get, since we talk, you know, TV therapy, this is it. You can't get a hill. <laughs> you know, you try to try to work through that and watch it, but, and, but naturally, um, that is kind of growing up what I thought. I didn't know it was like being a masochist, but I thought that's what like being a good partner is, is like. You just do, accepting all this pain. Well, like doing nice, you you try to just make people happy, and it's okay. Then if you're not constantly making them happy, like doing things to make them happy, and then if you let them down, like you accept it, which is not, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. Which very, is, yeah. it's not like intentionally being a masochist, but it kind of is. It is like, all right, like. Like oh I I was bad I was a, I didn't do right and I messed up and shame on me and like you kind of just like take it I don't know maybe it's not the same as masochist but it's in a similar vein I mean I, I definitely felt. think there's like a similar thread there there's like there's something there's 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 something running through that that runs through this which I think you know like you said with Bill I I and it kind of gets talked about 
you don't know which one's first if he was naturally always like that but like then or also when it comes to you know with peggy the experiences that he's had in his life throughout all the rejection and all that if that's why he is this way but it it was you know hank gave him the idea because when peggy's trying to be nice to motivate him to come back like after he uh he quits and it's funny to see bill like take it to peggy like she's like how about we have a business meeting tomorrow at three o'clock you're gonna be there that's the time i scratched my ass so i don't think like like you know <laughs> like it, it was great to see that but like yeah, I kind of wonder, you know, it would have been cool to see even more talk about, like, yeah, he is. Oh, wait, yeah, didn't, sorry, that's just, like, the specifics are sort of a little bit coming back to me. It didn't, doesn't then, like, he try to, she try to, like, shame him, or wait, is that before? Yeah, yeah, after? no, like, after, tries, yeah, she tries to shame him. After being nice doesn't work, then mm-hmm. she shames him, and that's sort of what He comes yeah. back, and he's just like, I'll do better, I'll do better, and blah, 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 and, like, she kind of realizes, you know, it was too far and too much, and, you know, they make up, but... It, very interesting. You're right. Like, in a weird and in, in so overtly, like talking about Bill's sexual attraction to Peggy. And let me ask you. Maybe a weird question. Mm-hmm. Say, go with me this hypothetical. They're in San Antonio. I'm putting on my seatbelt right now. Okay. <laughs> and because remember, they went to the conference for this episode. You know, Bill uh-huh. sold enough. Peggy has a lot to drink, and obviously she would never cheat on Hank. You know that the character, but say she does. Do you think Bill? I'm looking at the friendship of Bill and Hank. Do you think Bill would have done something? Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I think it's one of those. I think it's like the. It's like once something. Like it shows, like once something is actually not no longer forbidden or no longer when you're no longer. When it's no longer taboo, it loses its interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no longer like a transgressive, weird thing. You know, because that's essentially what happens, right? Isn't that what happens in the episode? That, well, like, she kind of like, realizes that, like, she's nice to him. Yeah, and like the fact that like he could, in some sense, like have it lose everything loses its luster once it's actually attainable. It's like the idea of it is more, you know, sexy than the actual thing itself. Do you think if she, say she kind of knew, and she kept the masochism, I'm not the mas like she kept uh, being a sadist in her own way, like putting him down, you think he still, you think he still would have kept to his friendship with Hank, or do you think he falls victim? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I just wonder. I I don't know. I mean, the fact that like I mean, the the, the, Bill's tolerance for being shat on is tremendously high. So no matter what, I feel like he's always going to be friends with Hank or anyone, just because inertia. I yeah, I like to believe because it is a weird fascination with Peggy, and I don't know why. And I don't know you know why he feels that way, but there's this weird fascination with Peggy. But I um. I like to believe that because it, it, as we see throughout like this season, like it's not like hidden really how Pe- like it's obvious even to other people how Bill looks at. I guess why Peggy is skeeved out by Bill. One of the many reasons is that so it's not hidden, but it's almost like well, Bill is so just he's just you know, you pity him, you feel sorry for him. So I like to believe, especially for the sake of the alley. 
Bill would never do that. You know, the friendship is so long. He would never do that to to Hank, who he, you know, looks at looks at like like a brother. So I I am with you. I don't think he would have ever done anything. We know Peggy wouldn't have, but I don't think Bill would have done anything either. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some weird speculative fan fiction out there. Oh, for sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I, I, um. I'm pretty sure there's a thing that... You're like, wait a second. Actually, yeah, I've heard and read... That's the topic of my own personal fan fiction. No, I, 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 I have heard and read things that Bill is like Bobby's dad from fan fiction. Oh. That like... Yeah, like Bill is Bobby's dad. I have heard those things. Especially with the narrow urethra and this and that. And certain people... But like, I bet you... I'll look it up later, like, and I'll I'll post it on our Twitter page or text it to you as well. Like, there is f- stuff about that, like, and I think oh, even the the uh, oh yeah, one of the podcasts have talked about that, like the fan fiction about Bill being Bobby's father. Nah, Bobby Bobby looks too much like Cotton. Yeah, I agree. I agree, which is I do relate to that because I. Of I out of anyone I look more like my grandfather than like even more like my parent like people always, I look like my grandfather so like that is a thing. Not that I'm I mean, schooling people who didn't like people who knew that but like. <laughs> I, also, your case could be exception. We have no way of knowing if we can extrapolate just from your, you know, one experience. But I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, so it is very interesting. I, I. F- found that outside of the you know the three you know hills i really looked at dale in this season as well but (laughs) just kind of in a uh in a different way It, it nothing there's not a lot of episodes to me that dale like is the star of but really like like i look at dale's role in helenium which, you know, when, you know, Y2K and, and everything going on with that. And then Hank actually, you know, for the first time, kind of believing in the conspiracy theories. And, and like, which whoever would have thought we would have seen. Like, Hank is, like, for a little bit, he's with Dale and, and kind of getting conspiracy theory. Like, I like that. I thought that was funny. And to me, even, you know, Dale with the, you know, which I'm surprised you had not mentioned yet. But we haven't gotten there, too. But... Dale with the meet the propaniacs and <laughs> whack. What oh you gonna God. do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Uh, <laughs> like Dale just makes me laugh. Like, and I like it because it's in a small way. Like it's not like in a in your face kind of yeah. way. But <laughs> you know, even Bill, Bill of Sale. I think that was Bill of Sales. It's just a random little line, like before. You know, uh, before Peggy comes out, they, they he just like the scene moves. He shows the guys in the alley, and Dale's like, "I just want to apologize. The Millennium was not what it was made to be. Y2K was not real. It was a hoax. Everything <sighs> is okay." And like it's you know that that Hellenium episode was seven episodes before it. This episode right. aired March of two thousand. So, like, you know, it's not like it's still... Cl- it's just all... It's funny, and it's like... I like that with Dale, but I like that... There's, like, a running... Subtle reference. To yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. 
is, <laughs> is, so Dale really stepped up to me, or or Dale's reaction, you know, with you know the the house, and they want that club out. Dale just really just stood out and it was just hilarious and upset that you know Luann is now you know they thought they were going to buy that house and he had the clubhouse and Luann buys it and Hank's okay, and then Dale Hank just let it her take it right from under us. How's your din, Hank? And it just like cracks me up. <laughs> like Dale, Dale really stood out to me. But I really like I give nods to supporting characters who shine when it's not the spotlight's not on you. Like it's not like an episode. All right, this is a Dale episode. It's like he stripes it, you know, when it's just these little lines and he's just a part to move the plot along. I really like Dale this season too. That's a solid case for Dale. For Dale Gribble. Dale Gribble. <laughs> so, now, we'll get to it. What character, I feel like I know your answer, but I, I will ask it. What character, who was who the MVP of this season as far as characters for season four? I mean, God. I just, I'm just going to, I, I might as well just lock in Bobby Hill for the remainder of this show <laughs> i just feel like only because like to me he i feel like we didn't even talk about that one episode where like the um where he's essentially like the new like llama oh i was gonna get to it i was i was gonna talk about it soon but go ahead go ahead oh um, no no just like the idea it's just like i feel like in every episode like it's sort of like not everyone because he's obviously um can be fickle or whatever or impression impressionable but i just feel like he's he gives me hope, I feel like, in every episode. I don't know. Or he's just, like, an empathetic character. He's, like, a tragic character at the same time. I'm just, like, you know, he's pitiable, but in, like, a like a relate, relatable way. And I don't know. I just feel... I just really enjoy... Um, I don't know. I just enjoy episodes with Bobby in them. It's just, so, like... It's just because he's, like, the character that I feel like is the most, like, genuine. Mm-hmm. And he's the most... He's the most comfortable with himself, I guess, and I like that. And so, I'm just gonna say Bobby again. Like I just, ha- I mean, it is what it is. You? What about you? I've never like I've always liked Bobby Hill the character all these years. Like I've all, I never you doing. That's why it's great. Like to have the, you know, you just watching the show within the past few months for the first time, and me growing up watching it and being a fan of it. And that's why I think it's cool to do this because you would think, all right, like, I know which characters I like, which ones I don't, how I feel. You have shown me, I give you, I appreciate it, Bobby Hill in a different light that I had before we did, you know, this podcast. Like, I liked Bobby. I thought he was funny. I can say I noticed the the father-son things with Hank and Bobby, but I did not see the the strength that's what it is that Bobby Hill's character shows and to me he is showing so far and I think it will carry throughout the series but he is the strongest character because like you just said he's comfortable with himself and I don't really pity him I empathize but I don't pity I pity Hank cuz you know pity is worse pity you don't want really you, you should you know no one should want pity you want empathy but you shouldn't want pity I feel but like I don't pity Bobby because of of that strength. And he is comfortable in himself. And he knows who he is. And he likes himself. And despite in his own household 
and at school and at society, people kind of like scoffing at him or looking at him thinking he's weird. He does not care. And that is refreshing and cool and inspiring. Agreed. Like, it's it's awesome. And, and what I thought about the Won't You Pie My Neighbor, I like the title. Uh, it, it's a different kind of episode, but I like it. And I think it's not so, as crazy as it is, it's not so far off. And why those monks are gravitating to Bobby. At first, when I would always watch that episode, I'm like, this is just a funny plot line. But because of that, what we're just talking about, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Maybe not a limb, I don't know. But, like, <sighs> I, this is just kind of hitting me now. Like, that's why they kind of picked Bobby as the, because he is comfortable in who he is. But not in a, I'm never wrong. But he is... He knows he knows himself very yeah. well, and not just oh, not just for a twelve year old, for a person. Period. He knows himself very well. I agree. I, I yeah, that's like at the end. My God, I love at the end. I love at the end when Peggy's like, "May I try to pick an object or whatever, whatever she says, like mm-hmm. she wants to pick," you know, thinking that she, you know, is the reincarnated, like she wants to test and prove herself. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And and just, like, the irony of, like, Bobby being, like, I'm not, like, I, like, in Bobby's non-choosing, you know what I mean, in some sense, like, he shows that he actually, you know, has that wisdom and doesn't need to prove it. And Peggy's, like, so thirsty for, like, validation externally that she's, like, oh, my God, can I choose? Like, can I do it? And he's, like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. Such I, a Such a contrast yeah be a bobby and his mom um yeah. such a contrast um that what i wanted to say to you also about that episode on a quick like little trivia side note is Ooh. the a lot of people talk about actually the depiction of buddhism in that episode and the breakdown of different monks and you know uh the laotian you know connection to buddhist and the different but this episode was played at the international buddhist film festival and it received praise for good writing and fearless satire Ooh, which who knows would you have thought like you know i, I probably mean, would I... have thought like it, it you know if i had a guess gun to my head it would have been if i like i would have been like oh probably portrayed buddhism in the wrong light somehow but it, it was praised for how it depicted buddhism yeah i mean i'm definitely no um expert on buddhism me um, neither i've read a few books but not like you know not like um it's more like uh yeah i don't have a thorough understanding of a lot of things but i mean i i would have I know there are hard lines and you know every religion has extremists in some sense but i feel like uh sort of uh there's there's much less i feel like uh, i'm probably talking completely out of my ass here but i feel like i, I feel like there's much less um there's more uh, i guess like humor i feel like at least 
at least from you know a uh, uh, you know you look at that you even look like I mean this is a different st- different sect or different um, school of Buddhism but even just like the Dalai Lama you know what I mean like mm-hmm. the, the Tibetan Buddhist like you know he's constantly just like make you know I feel like he's sort of like known for being like a humorous person you know and I feel like there's um I feel like there's more of like a levity in some sense of I don't know I don't want to say not taking oneself too seriously in some sense or the, but I, I think uh, I don't know. I could be completely misrepresenting everything here, but in my no, head, no, I feel like the, the, even I feel like even within like or the unorthodox whatever in my head, I feel like there's there's at least a stereotype of like playfulness or just like humor that surrounds Buddhism specifically, which again I don't know. Rather than like I feel like if you were to like make fun of other types, and not even necessarily make fun of, because I don't think this was making fun of anything, but um, you know. There, there's more tolerance for that sort of thing in my mind, at least, than if other religions were potentially depicted in some way like that. Well, um, and, I, and I, I see what you're saying, and I, and I, I don't, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I, I too will preface that I'm not a expert at all, and don't ever claim to be, and won't ever claim to be, in, in like as a religious scholar or in specifically a Buddhist scholar, but I do feel like. In a lot of other religions, those who are in, I guess, I don't know, a a official kind of like, you know, like whether it's you're a rabbi or a priest or a reverend or uh, whatever the case may be, a sheik, like they're, it's more of like the congregation kind of is like, it is more of that, I feel like they're the leader and it's the congregation kind of and like that separation and like, people kind of I don't want to say the word is power struggle but people like follow like there's like oh like I am the leader of this and I have my followers and there are there are great leaders in all these religions and people who understand leadership and like I'm here to serve but I feel like of all of them in my opinion that I've seen like like monks and I, it's more it's like a it's clearly an act of service to me like there's there's not really like that praise of like you know you've probably seen it like people like oh I you know father so and so is I just love him and and then father so and so can I make you a, a you know dinner you want to invite you know, and the priest comes by Frito pie yeah it's like a big deal or the pastor <laughs> or rabbi so and like there's not that it's really like when you do that spot it is clearly like you're just giving of service and like isolation to me more than any others from what I've seen. I'm not saying that's a fact or ever. It's just an opinion and not to offend, but just because there's, there's great and awesome leaders, uh, you know, people who lead congregations and all these faiths. But I, I, that's just my take. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, I think that's why, cause it's not like, Oh, a priest, it's more like monks are more, like of the people and of service and you know the vow of silence the 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 isolation the 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 really kind of like be true to thine self and understand thine's role is just kind of at least it's acted on in a different way than the others in my opinion no yeah i mean i definitely 
Yeah, I do. I feel like I could definitely keep opining, but I don't know. Like, I don't know either. That's why, yeah. and I everything I've said, but people, I, but, people might be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But well, I, I, but I will say, I think it is cool. Like you said, that that was shown there, and that it was like positively received. Is kind of interesting. Yeah, which I would not have. I know that episode very well, but I wouldn't have guessed. So, you know, so do you have a favorite episode? Um, you know what? I don't know. Like, I, uh, uh it, it honestly might be, no, I, it's not the, it's not the, uh, the, I was going to say the, the streetcar named, which one was that? Streetcar named? A beer can. A beer came, a beer can named Desire. Yeah. No, it's not that one. I don't, you know, I don't know. I feel like. My favorite moments are sort of like scattered about it several different episodes, but um, there was a certain sort of weird, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe the, it's probably the first two, one of the first two, honestly. Okay. Just because there was just, I don't know, maybe there's just an excitement of starting a new season, you know, I don't know. But no, there the, always uh, is. The first two were pretty 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 solid what about you uh for sure um there's some really good ones in this season it is overall i give this season a good rating but uh to kill a ladybird is uh one of my favorite episodes ever in this show and it still is my favorite episode of this season um where bobby and you know befriends bandit the raccoon (laughs) and is feeding you know bandit and um you know, and then when you know Hank enters the garage and sees everything, you know, paint scattered and the tools all over the place, and what the hell? And he's sees Bandit, you furry bastard! And then Bandit like rises up, and he's like, oh! And then Dale, Dale, baby, in this episode also killed it, where he's, you know, I can get rid of Bandit, and then he, Hank, whatever you do, do not open the gate. I repeat. Do not open the gate. And then and Dale, then, <laughs> Dale goes in there and then, ah, open the gate, open the gate. <laughs> Dale gets scratched by Bandit and Ladybird and that whole thing. Just hilarious. Some of the lines in it, I mean, when Ladybird's missing and Dale's missing and Bandit, and then, you know, the, uh, I guess the animal control calls Hank and he's like, Mr. Hill, we think we've, you know, found like you know know where ladybird is she's in the woods he's like oh that's great if you find her can you call her like ladybird like you know <laughs> say that to her like just just that, like that's that's how you call her and then the other on the phone the guy's like mr hill if ladybird is rabid we will have to sh- shoot and kill ladybird and then hank's like oh and he like drops the phone and he's like mr hill hello hello so like, oh, i'm sorry like we're going to kill Lady Bird. This <laughs> <laughs> always has me cracking up. <laughs> it always has me crack. It's just such a funny episode. I really enjoy that one, and I also enjoy the the in a weird way. You talked about the the Hank, um, the Hank and and Buck relationship. Uh, I am having a a. I won't. I'll be honest. I'm you know, am trying and hopefully in you know probably in the next year or so i'm trying to get things right financially i would like a dog right so my appreciation of dogs has been there for a while 
wasn't always there, but it's grown for a while. But now the desire to own a dog. I never had a dog before. So, like, my desire to own a dog has increased. And oddly, in reality and also through, like, fiction or, like, you know, my the media I consume, really like great dog, you know, dog and uh, owners or dog and people relationships. So I this episode I really like seeing the Hank Ladybird relationship, and I even it's a weird scene, but I like you know because Ladybird is definitely an older dog and portrayed as an older like hound yeah. dog and looks like you know always kind of like out of it or tired or just slow just because she's older. But when Bandit like comes out and looks like ready to get Hank, I love that like Ladybird. It's like, no, you're not going after my owner. And, like, gets, like, and, like, pretty much, like, protects Hank from this raccoon that was going to go after. And, like, you see, like, Hank struggles to show emotion to so, to pretty much every person. But the only living thing, because he, (laughs) you know, his lawnmower, you know, I guess if you want to say the grass, I don't know. That's not, like, a living thing, in my opinion. Oh, my God. I mean, it it needs nurturing, but, like, his his lawnmower, his truck. The, the grass, the only, like, living thing is Ladybird that you see Hank really show emotion to, like, without any hesitation. And I do like that relationship. And oddly enough, like, don't think it's right. I understand it more in people than I did in the past, where I would see people really prefer animals and treat animals with respect, but wouldn't treat human beings with respect. And I go... No, you don't have to do one or the other. You could treat animals, you should, but you don't treat people well. But I understand as I've talked to people and met people of like why and they do that. And 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 so I see I understand Hank with that more than I did growing up watching this show. And it's interesting to to watch and I interesting to see. Well, that's I mean that's interesting because I feel like if if anything Hank and Lady Bird's relationship makes me just solidifies my decision to not have a pet. Really? Why? It's just I just feel like um, I just feel like it's very one-sided. No. <laughs> what has Lady Bird done for? No, I'm just kidding. I just um, but in the sense of like I just um, I th- it's weird because I do like animals. I I but I'm a very like um, I'm like a no shoes household. You know what yeah. I mean? And I just don't and like I I couldn't handle. I don't think I could handle the um like the hair and that sort of situation even though like i like like i like big animals like horses and camels and cows Mm -hmm. and things like that and i really enjoy being around that sort of thing and even other people's cats and dogs but for me to have it in my own house no and then just to see like all of the stuff that hank will do for this animal that which i i I can totally get expressing affection for like an animal because i feel like again over other people's houses i feel like i enjoy you know being an idiot with their pet but um i i just don't i think um i don't know if i could give an animal myself what it actually needs so no i don't think i don't think it'd be good if i haven't also the the maintenance and cleanliness thing i I mean i want like a millipede that's what i want (laughs) as a as a pet and i've talked about this extensively i really want a millipede but you know that's a little less maintenance and uh uh, not as cuddly as a, let me as a ask dog, you did you grow up with any pets no fish same same i'm in the same boat 
I yeah. never I had a like fish, honestly. But never yeah. had a dog or a cat, and um, usually to... had a bird. Oh, cool! But it was like it was like a sort of rescue situation that ended up being terrible. But um, yeah. No, I um, I never grew up, and honestly, grew up kind of with a little bit of like, of, and now I realize it wasn't a fear of the dog, but a fear of. Because I, I did, I would be cool with dogs, but a lot of times I see now owners who are like too loose with the dogs and like not respecting that, hey, not everyone's just going to be like, let me go pet. Like some are like, we don't, I don't know this dog. I don't know you. So I yeah. had experiences where people were like, the dog's getting like really excited and barking and, and I'm like, I don't know this dog or I... I don't really know you two or we're like acquaintances and people just kind of like standing there and be like, oh, he or she won't do anything. And it's like, They're like, well, I don't know that. Exactly. Like, and that was the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't really trust you or know you that well. Or sometimes I wouldn't be a complete stranger. Like, I'd be like walking in the park and it's like, you know, I don't know you. Right. Why? I'm just going to take your word. OK. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know you. And obviously, like, you're very lax, you know, like, you, you, yeah. you know don't have the leash or you're barely holding the leash and you're not you're not like waiting which to me it's always should be if that child or especially if, if you have a trained dog if you know rightfully trained and like that child or that person is like oh can i pet him and can i play okay then like fine but like i would always assume like even if you're a dog person you may not be in the mood to go like play with somebody's dog so like don't just assume that like, they may not be in the mood, so have your dog under control. And those experiences would bother me because there's been times where I'm like, you better get your dog under control or I don't know what will happen. Not that, you know, either way, and like it's not going to be good. Like, I, I don't just assume something here. And yeah. um, so that kind of stuck with me for a while. But as I got, like, into my 20s, I started getting to know dogs, especially for my, my job in social work and having to go into people's homes. I got to know different dogs. I got to see, I got to meet different therapy dogs and the, the effect that they've had on, you know, my clients at the time and their families. And mm-hmm. long story short, this year kind of, this past year changed it where I started to like dogs, but I, I felt like you, like I did not want to I've like, I don't want to give all that attention to it. That's why I never got one because I was like, you know, I'd like to go out willy nilly. I don't want to have to like be taking care of something. Like I would, I've dog sat for people for over a weekend and stuff. So that was cool. But like, I'm like, you know, if I want to go out with some people and hang out, I don't want to have to like, cause I would see friends all the time who have dogs. Like, Oh, I can only stay out for a little bit. I got to get home to the dog. And I'm like, what? Just leave some food out and, in the cage and some water and you're good or like put them in the like i didn't get it like oh that that's how especially when the dog's really young but um this past year kind of was like a test especially i say two years but this past year we're like i am ready where like i am home more and more content being a homebody more than i have been in my 20s mm-hmm. and feel like i can give that time to a dog and I am okay with being like, you know, say once the world somewhat opens up again, I'm okay with saying, okay, I I can do this, but I have to be home at this time to check on the dog and everything. You know what I mean? Like I am at a You'll point in my life. People. 
Yeah, and I, I, I am ready more for that now than I was before. Well, so. it was nice knowing you, Jeremy. <laughs> well, we had this podcast. That's why <laughs> these podcasts are also why I'm like, I'm more content being home because I'm doing these and I like doing these. So they kind of go hand in hand. So, no, you'll be it's definitely, even with a dog, you'll you'll still have me podcast. Damn world. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, it's interesting. I, I like the pet idea of it. Even this is cool with Bobby, though. Like, it is a little dangerous <laughs> but he, he he wasn't like, oh, raccoons typically aren't Next pets. time I talk to you, you're going to be like, so I got this raccoon. Yeah, I know, right? Me. He's I know. really great, he, sometimes he, really violent. But he's just like Bandit. He's a good heart. He's, yeah, he's, he's just like Bandit. I feed him fruit pies, just like Bobby He fed, might have fed. rabies, he, unsure. Yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable getting tested, and I respect that. I respect no. it. Oh I respect God. it. I kind of just leave. He kind of just has the whole upstairs to himself, Craig. You know, <laughs> I've locked myself in my room. Yeah, I just, I just want I him to be free. I don't like containing animals, so I just kind of gave him the whole house. I stay oh here. Um, I'm deep down terrified, but no, it's more of I just want him to be free. My house is but his house. A- <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but uh, yeah, we don't do a thing about pets, which is cool. But I. I, is it though? I don't know. I love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love fair. this episode. This is a great episode for me. I will say one of my favorite episodes in the future does involve pets. So I will just. I you know, think I I have an idea. Let that percolate. I hope because if it's the same, if it's what you're thinking. It's one of my favorite episodes too. Well, <laughs> so I, we'll wait till we get there. Well, yeah, whenever that even is, I don't yeah. even remember what season it is, but yeah. So we'll we'll wait till that. But I, I have a feeling I think I know what you're talking about. But do you? But, so yeah. that that's mine. So okay. Um, any other episodes stick out for you though? Like we talked about some, but there's others that we have not named. So others that just like the very last one. Yeah, go ahead. I like. I just like that. I mean, it finally Peggy is finally confronted with her um, sort of you know high opinion of herself, and it just really. Um, so what it, I, I mean, I guess God. I guess I should probably uh, give a synopsis. Of what is it? What happens? Like, isn't like the church going on like a trip to like is it Knoxville, Nashville? Nashville, Nashville. yeah. Nashville to like you know I guess I don't even know what the why they're going is it is it actually to see some of the performances or is it just coincidental that there's like country music stars there is that why they're going to see some of these concerts yeah pretty much it's a it's a country music event yeah and like so peggy like takes it on herself to be like the the like the tour guide even though she's never been there and the guy that like i don't know grew up there or knows about it like doesn't get to do it and she's just, like, running stuff. And, again, she's just, like, trying to play games on the bus, just being, like, a control freak and thinking, you know, she knows everything. And she ends up... What happens? Like, she really... I don't even... There's two... I don't know any of the country singers, so they're all, like, all their names blend together in my head. I don't know who the, they are. But she realizes that one of the people stole 
one of her 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 like Randy Travis, yeah. Randy Travis, like yeah, like she like you know because she fancies herself a songwriter or whatever, so she sent in lyrics or something to him, and he was like you know nice try or whatever, but he ends up like thank you but no thanks and ends up using her lyrics in the song, mm-hmm. but like no one really believes that she did it because she kind of exaggerates all of her accomplishments all the time, and so she's like you know convinced that that's true and like at the end of the episode you realize like it actually is true like they paint what is it trap randy travis like as like you know a liar in some yeah sense. And yeah it's like it's like that's like the funny end of the episode is that you actually find out that he ostensibly did take her lyrics but like through all of that like you know it ends up coming up to a point where hank has to like confront her and be her like and tell her like that she has a really high opinion of herself like your spaghetti and meatballs is just spaghetti and meatballs yes yes like it's like some and so like um and that's like uh, obviously the great irony is like in this situation she's actually telling the truth you know but it but it, but through the absurdity of the claim sort of all of the other things she said over the course of forever end up you know bubbling up and so i kind of like that but um yeah, and then like people think like she's go- she's like gonna serve him like her apple brown Betty or whatever, and they think it might be poison, or whatever to him. I, this whole big dumb thing. I don't know. I just I basically you know, the, the the thrust of the episode is that Peggy finally you know in some sense gets her comeuppance, even though it clearly doesn't stick. No, um, wait, wait, she's like, you know, Peggy, like when you say like, in your opinion, kindling is the best way to start a fire. That is a fact. <laughs> it, is the best, it is the best way, which again, in the Thanksgiving episode, she's like, because in my opinion, the day before Thanksgiving is the busiest day to travel. Yeah. Like, I just I love that. Like, it's not your opinion. It's just a fact. <laughs> That's very interesting. And this is one that as an episode, like for just pure entertainment, I don't really love too much. But for the importance of, because you kind of get the fact that, in, in a way, it kind of makes the char- other characters look maybe like, are they that naive? Like that, that like, like are they believing Peggy's? Like you said, she's saying facts as like, like she's giving this innovative thought, like, and yeah. she's creating these things, or she just knows it. But like, no, it's just a common fact. And, like, a lot of times, like, I think in the past, you may have seen some, like, weird, like, faces or eye rolls. And, you know, the episode about, where in season three, where she finds out about uh, John Redcorn and Nancy, references it. But it's more for, like, that specific instance. And it's not, you don't really get it, like, oh, this is who Peggy is as a person. It's like, oh, she was naive about this moment. This, this. Right. But this addresses that she is very high of herself and conceited as a person. And, and oh yeah, I think she's so egocentric that she doesn't even pick up on other people being annoyed with her. I think that's sort of very like true. Main. Very true. Yeah, because like she, yeah, like the freaking like she's just so like the irony that she like the episode earlier we didn't also didn't talk about where Hank becomes a shop teacher. Yes, and she like can't handle that people like him. Mm-hmm. she's just completely incapable and ends up like he's going to end up winning the substitute of the teacher of the year award. Even though he's, he didn't give a shit about it, but she's just like distraught. And she's like, I'm going to run as Mrs. Hank Hill. Like, so people confuse, like thinking that they're voting. I'm just like, this is so pathetic. Like, yeah. And it's just like, it speaks to the, the irony of like, she's so 
seeking that external validation even if it's completely empty and it's just all like she's but at the same time she's she like craves it but it's like completely just superficial like the fact that she wants that award even though the reality is that people like hank more than her like she doesn't care because she got the award like that how, how empty and sad is that i don't know no let me ask you um yeah i know we, we we're gonna go maybe if you breaking it down it can kind of change so it doesn't have to be stayed you know it's okay to obviously you don't need to tell you this like if you change it but like do you think peggy is a likable character I'm like I would never I would never want to to like be friends with her in real life. No, I just I, mean like just watching yeah, like, her. I don't think no, I don't think she's likable at all. Yeah, I, I think she's I think she's a comical character that I laugh at, you know what I mean, but Right. I don't think a lot of these char- I don't think a lot of the characters are honestly likable, which I think is kind of funny because it's like real life. It's like, you know, a lot of people are just there, you know, not there. Like that sounds terrible. A lot of people are just there, but like, you know, it's it is what it is like there's random groups of people some of which are just not that likable for me or like some people like them you know what i mean like everybody's different but it's it's not everybody has to be like a ultra great you know in every aspect of their life perfect character like none of them like they all have all these tremendous foibles which is great because i mean i obviously have a ass load of foibles myself like but i mean peggy like yeah i don't i would find her insufferable i don't really like her but i like the comic relief she provides through her insanity without even realizing she's being you know and there's some admirable things about her in some sense like her sense of like you know i would say like her her determination even if founded on like really insane principles is admirable you know what i mean when she's like Mm -hmm. ready to like prove that she can do things even if though but at the same time obviously when she proves that she can't speak spanish even though she's trying to prove she can that's a good episode in the future but yeah i mean uh, peggy overall though i don't think she's likable no yeah i and i think that's very i had because when i was younger watching this show and for a lot of my time watching this show only really liked it when peggy got her comeuppance Mm-hmm. Other than that, I was not a fan of Peggy. And then as I've gotten in the past like couple years, I think within the past two years of watching it, you know, at that good old comfort, you know, TV viewing, I I did grow to like, in just in any episode, laugh at Peggy's lines, and oh, see yeah. the humor in Peggy. And it is that thing of you can have both. Where Peggy is not likable, but I've grown to see like she is a very funny character. And before I would say she's not funny, I couldn't stand her. So I'm like, only when Peggy, like you mentioned, the you know, future episode about, like, you know, not being able to speak Spanish, but she thinks she can, and Hank, you know, whatever. We'll get into that episode in the future, but I only like that when she got, when she failed, quote-unquote, um, I was I enjoyed seeing Peggy. But I have grown to see both, where she is very funny, but of a, of the main characters, I think she is the least likable like and by far the least likable character i agree yeah who else would you say of the main characters because like cotton i don't consider a main character like oh god yeah no that, i would just want to like yeah cotton's number cotton's number one yeah cotton's like the most like no yeah not personable person. but uh, of the main characters who who's on your and it's not about being like who's funny, but like on like your not likable list. Um, Dale. 
like I, I couldn't handle it. like you know what I mean. I mean yeah. I'm I'm like likability in terms of like I'd want to hang out with this person. That's like my that's my metric. Okay. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to hang out with Dale like if like that would not be enjoyable to me. You know what I mean? Like I, same thing with like Bill. It would just it'd be like oh well, we'll do whatever you want to do okay whatever like that would be a boring yeah you know what I mean um and who else is not that likable like um. I mean, Nancy's not very likable. I think Min is very likable. I don't know. I, I like her. I don't know. I like Min. I think she's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Khan's not really likable. Khan's not very likable. Yeah, I don't know. But um, he's only likable. He he, and it's still to it's it even, it's that. He being the outsider is making fun of the, quote unquote, established. You know, inside people who like the townspeople, like some of those lines are kind of funny, but still he's not likable in his his arrogance and his you know trying to class chase and yeah. kiss at like so he's not likable really though. I feel like I'd want to hang out with like Connie or Bobby. Yeah, I think even uh, though they're like twelve years old, I feel weird. But I mean, I, I feel like they're the most like um, real like decent people no like if you go by that metric of hanging out it definitely gets even smaller for me um because <laughs> likable could Jeremy's be, like no one i likable could mean like there's levels to it like to me like, oh yeah i mean everybody you know obviously on some level like that's the thing like i mean i find peggy annoying as hell but i mean there's some moments when like i can totally empathize with her and understand what she's going through like none of these things are like black or white like i but no just, like, no overarchingly like yeah i, don't I meant like like because you're like Likeable could mean, do I, could I be your neighbor? Na- could you be my neighbor and I'll be okay? But which neighbors don't mean hanging out. I don't hang out with any of my neighbors, but like you can say hi and small talk if they live next door and they're, it's tolerable. Like Peggy would not be tolerable for like that. Like working with her or like being a neighbor of hers. Like Peggy would be, I couldn't stand, like, like I wouldn't like, like Peggy doing, like if I'm her next door neighbor and she's like, by the way, Jeremy, you know, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, is the busiest shopping day of the year. I would be like, I would be like, I gotta get away from this lady. Like, you know, you're the worst. So, like that regard, like, um, yeah. But as far as like hanging out, I do think it is Bobby, Connie, and I. I think Luann would be a fun hangout. I, I, I don't know. To just hang like... out and do stuff, I think she would be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I want to hang out with one of the stinkies from, uh, from, uh, uh Cotton's, like, uh, what is it, like, Veterans Lodge. Oh, yeah. The episode, like, five of them are named Stinky. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, otherwise, yeah, there's nobody, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Don't it's know. interesting. It's interesting. But, all right. I Anything else you want to put a bow on with this episode? Uh, no, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm a Wilton. <laughs> I I I, I like am that? rich. You I like do that? like that. I do like that. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I think we we hit a lot of the ones that I really am am you know stick out to me. Now other people may listen and be like this one or that one, and I understand. But for this season, I I think we hit out hit up a lot of the ones that really. I mean, there's. The one with with Peggy's feet, that's kind of funny. 
you know, oh, yeah. oh god, the fetish kind of, you know. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. I think that yeah. is the first time we're introduced to her having <laughs> big feet. Like, I don't think it was known before how big. No, her it was in the one episode when Luann's when Luann's mom comes into town. Okay. In that, in that line when she's like ends up fighting Luann's mom, and she's like, "There's one thing you didn't count on." Like, my brother had a size six, but I don't. And she kicks her off her. Remember that? Yeah, that's true. I love that. When she just, like, kicks her. I mean, it's not explicitly mentioned, I guess, her shoe size. But it's kind of, you know, subtly references her larger than average feet. Yeah. A, uh, I forgot. Which episode was that? That is towards the, it's called, um, hold on. Damn it. I'm gonna Transnational that. Amusements presents Peggy's Magic Sex Feet. <laughs> so it's the episode right before uh the finale with randy the country music she's just i just love how she and that that is actually very that made that episode i remember made me very sad like it's one of those things where it's like um and there i mean the message could be true in like some sense like really finding you know some kind of empowerment if you were straight up, like maybe there is some kind of weird empowerment in realizing that you, some hideous part of yourself or some part you perceive to be hideous could be, you know, liked by somebody. Obviously, fetishize isn't ideal, but I mean, maybe there's maybe there's some positivity to that. But then to have it, like, oh, there is actually, you know, revealed, you know, I don't know. It's just people just, overtake it, but people do feel empowered by. Um... You know, like like the Amazonian fetish, where like I've talked to people who. Oh, I mean, I definitely think I you can be. Yeah, I think yeah. You know, how many times I've been told by people like, "Oh, you're so exotic." That's not really like a no, good fetishization. No, I'm no, like, no. I'm like, thank you. That's great. Like that. That's something I feel like is. I mean, but I can understand there's degrees in certain things. Like, yeah, you can totally feel empowered in some sense. I mean, hey, even if you're into whatever. Yeah, I mean, so I, I take that. Yeah, you can't feel empowered by that. But, um, but you know, that's episode. Bobby saves the day again with that. You know, um, where Peggy's <laughs> cutting the shoes and Bobby comes in and says, talks about how he is fat but doesn't feel bad about it. You know, when oh yeah, like makes super fun of body him. positive. Yeah, yeah, he looks at his positive traits and uh, it helps God, helps God. his mom out. I am so seeing wise. Bobby Hill in a different light, and it is due to you, and I appreciate it. It's like, I always liked him. Like, I never disliked Bobby was always funny to me, but I did not see the empowerment that that character can really show and, and transfer when you watch it. And how real it is. Like, in it's not yeah, easy and, to do. But. Yeah, and I mean, it's the definite, definite positive side of, like... Um, you know, not being laden with societal expectations, which like, you know, like, or, or not even societal expectations, but just like all of these things that you like accrue or like all of these negative emotions you accrue is just as, as a function of age or experience or bitterness. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Tank and Peggy have these hangups and because Bobby hasn't necessarily experienced all these like terrible things, he has just like a really like sort of objective and positive sort of, you know, take on all the shit. And it's really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, so any uh, God, I think we wrapped up. Season we covered four. a lot, man. We do a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's um, 
It is a lot. It is. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real, Jeremy. It's a lot. I guess I didn't realize because I don't find too many people who are willing to. Not everyone wants to talk TV in depth. I mean, there's people like that, but with this show, it's really only my before like talking to you. There's no one else who really liked it in depth like that. So you don't realize how in depth the show is because I, you know, as I said when we started this, did not find big fandom like in my day-to-day interaction with other people who love this show so now for the first time really unpacking all of this there is a lot it is like wow there's a lot to this and it's like kind of overwhelming at times it's fun but it's like wow like i didn't realize like i'm always like man this season we'll probably wrap it up really quick and then it's like there's a lot to talk about I mean, I think it's really cool though, just because, like, I obviously both of us have had different experiences, and like, I mean, we obviously bring different just perspectives, and so it's always fun seeing what things are sort of more salient to other people. Yes. That like, like either one of us might not have noticed in regards to the other. It's just like, oh, these are just. I mean, obviously, it speaks to like, you know, we're potentially just projecting all our own weird shit onto it, but it's interesting. It is interesting. No, it is. It is. It's very fascinating, and I I'm enjoying it, and I'm glad we. Uh... We were, we're back to it, and this was, oh, you know what, we'll finish with this. How would you, I know it's always hard, how do you kind of rate season four? Oh. Um, rate it however okay. you want, if you want to do a number, good, bad, I mean, thumbs up, thumbs just, down. Oh, thumbs up. I mean, this just speaks to my, like, goldfish brain now that I can't remember anything. I'm just like, uh... Like, I get, I have, like, zero ability to compare to, like, the other seasons. I'm like, I don't even remember what happened in the other seasons. This is what happens when you binge things. Don't mm-hmm. do binge. No, but, um... <laughs> eat your vegetables. Um, uh, thumbs up. How about that? That's way easier than numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. I, I will say thumbs up as well. I, I think it's... Not as good as season three, but um, better than one and two, in my opinion. So I, I will give it a oh, yeah. thumbs up for season four. So I was trying to find some clever quote from season four to like close it out, but I couldn't remember anything. Don't worry. I was, what I was, I was just going to go, hey, 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 again, and that was just going to be terrible. So and then I just did it. Here we are. There you go. Yeah. Like, just, there you go. Stupid Peggy. Oh, my God. Classic. Uh, classic Peggy. But, Craig, this is fun, and um, we'll be back next week with Season yeah. 5. Yeah, on the flippy flop. On the we'll flippy. See you then. <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> for Craig, I'm Jeremy. Thank you guys for listening to Ready, Set, Binge. Take care.